in the house of the Lord this morning. And I have a thought for you that I, I pray will be encouraging. Right? We all can use some encouragement uh, in this, in this uh, world that we live in. And, uh, you know, we, we live in a crazy world. How many of you know that? Woo! And I know every generation has probably said that. Um, nonetheless, here we are in, in this time. And, and, you know, we live in a, in a time where there's lots of injustice. Uh, anybody, you, you don't have to raise your hand this morning, but you're dealing with some kind of heartache this morning. Some kind of confusion. You're trying to sort things out. Don't know which way is up, which way to go. You know, we're dealing with our share of fears and anxieties. Um, you know, it's not hard to have those uh, in this life. We're dealing with disappointments. You know, not everything has gone the way we had hoped they would have in this life. You know, our, our hopes for the future, for ourselves, for our children, for future generations. I mean, when you think about all these things, um, you know, it's a lot. You know, it, it's enough to lay you down, so to speak, when you when you when you really consider it all. And so, in my slow read of the Bible, I'm currently in the book of Psalms. And as I read, as I read chapter after chapter, you know, I, I find humor in weird things. And I don't want to find humor in anybody's suffering, but, you know, as I'm reading, I'm thinking, David is a crybaby. Right? <laughs> I mean, he's a whiny pot. You know, and he's always crying about protection and get the enemy, Lord. And, you know, and, and you, you, know, you, and you might think, David, you might even have a bad attitude. David, you know, David wouldn't have done well where we live in this warm, fuzzy form of Christianity. You know, you know uh, pray for your enemies. Oh, he prayed for them all right, that God would take them out. Right? <laughs> you know, he, he wasn't praying quite the prayer. Maybe, you know, the New Testament wasn't quite written yet. But, you know, David was on it, and he was on it constantly. I mean, really, I, I think I was at 15. I'm thinking, man, he is on a roll. You know, get my enemies, get the wicked, you know, watch my back, God. Don't let them overtake me. I mean, he's just going on and on and on. And, and I'm thinking, what did this look like in real life for David? Because no, notice these were songs. You know, so he was, uh, you know, talk about using your, what you're going through to make music. You know, uh, you know, and those songs don't look like our songs, like have a chorus necessary. I think there's a few of maybe that I haven't got to yet that might actually have a chorus. You know, we have, we have a, uh, um, there's a structure most of the time to our modern music. But, you know, David's like sentence after sentence, nothing rhyming, you know, no, nothing. He's not, and I'm thinking, I'm wondering how they sound. Did they sound like a rap? You know, did they, did they, because there's like a lot of words. And, and I wonder what the melody was. So I'm, I'm just trying to think, you know, when you're going through something, you know, and you're complaining, and you're, and you're, and you're worshiping God, and you're, and you're talking to God, and how did, you, how did it come to, let me get my piece of paper and make that into a song. You know how you just think about real life. Now, I, some of you artists, some of you who may be musicians and saying you might be able to relate to that, right? Because some of the most beautiful music we have came out of somebody's pain, came out of somebody's story, came out of somebody, that something, in fact, those are the most effective ones, because a lot of times, those things resonate with us when we hear them. We're like, yes, I, I, I understand that. I know what that's like. So just, you know, I'm, I'm looking at David. I'm like, man, he is wearing God's ear out on a regular. And I, I, when, I, when it kind of came to me, I, I, I laughed about it because I just thought it was kind of funny to think about that in, in, in everyday life. And, and, you know, for example, when, when the, the nations around him were so angry, you know, I start out in Psalm 2, you know, he, he prayed about that. You know, what is, what is going on? Why are these folks so angry? And then particularly coming against your people. 
And, and, and so David took that concern to the Lord. And, you know, other times when, you know, when, when the enemy was after David, which was a lot, David had a lot of enemies. You know, not, not, not even just other nations, but even within the camp, so to speak, David had energy, uh, enemies. And so he would pray that God would rescue him. And when his reputation was being smeared, you know, he would pray that God would have mercy on him. And, and, and he, David, David was good at this, though. David was good as encourage, in, at encouraging himself. You know, so he would pray that God would have mercy on him and, and not let his enemies overtake them and that his reputation would be secure. David's reputation was important to him. That's why the thing with Bathsheba went down so epically bad. But anyway, he, he did care about his reputation. And, and, you know, when his soul was in anguish in general, when life was just too much, David would cry out to God. He would cry out to God for help. And he'd listen to my voice, oh God. Listen to God, hear me. He took it to the Lord. And even when David messed up, you know, the time with Bathsheba was only one time. There were other times, even in Scripture, but I'm sure there were times that they weren't documented. Even when David messed up, he took it to the Lord. I mean, everything. Again, it seems like everything. You read those Psalms. I know he didn't write all of them, but you read them. He took everything to the Lord. And when he messed up, he didn't, that wasn't all for it. You know, he didn't get silent on that tip, right? You know, he would, he would, he would plead to God for his mercy and restoration. Save me because of your unfailing love. Not because I'm so great. Not because I deserve it, but because of your unfailing love. Save me, God. And when it looked like the wicked were prospering, that was one of his main things that would get in David's crawl. You know, the idea that the wicked are living well, that the wicked are living well in my face. You know, God, there's something wrong with this picture. Some of you know what I'm talking about right here, right? You know I got to bring this sermon. It's going to come right down to where we live. You know, I'm, I'm talking about David, but these are things that we too uh, deal with, right? We're, David was no different than, than you and I, even though he was the king of, of Israel. He, he faced things just like we face things. And so this whole idea of the wicked prospering, you know, God, I mean, they're doing all these crazy things, but yet they go down, they, they rest their head in, in peace at night. And how is this when the people of God are, are suffering? And, you know, even those kind of things, right? When the... He, he also had a big issue with the, with the innocent suffering, you know, with the, the innocent being oppressed by the enemy. He would make this petition known to God. He would plead to God for justice. And as I've read psalm after psalm, and after I kind of stopped laughing at David's, you know, whininess, as I called it, I thought, David is on to something. When it comes right down to it, David was on to something. The constancy of his, of his petitions, the passion of his cries, David understood that he couldn't bear all this on his own. He, he got that. I know some of us struggle. Some of us think we're strong. You know, I got this. You know, in this, this uh, time that we live in, everybody likes to hail how strong they are and, you know, we can do it, we can make it, this kind of thing. David said, not me. This is all too much. This is all too much. What I'm facing personally, you know, what I'm, what's, what I'm dealing with in the world around me, my children. I mean, you fill in the blank. David said, this is too much. I can't bear all this by myself. And so David would do what looked like to me as a constant offload. Burden come on, pass it on to Jesus. Give me my title slide, Tina, for just a minute up there. Yeah. He would pass it right on to Jesus. 
And that's what I want to talk to you this morning about, just for a little while. This won't even be alone. I know y'all get scared when preachers say that, but I really mean it. All right? Yeah. That we, like David, have to learn to give it all to Jesus. Now, I know that seems like a passive action. It seems passive to say, give it all to Jesus. But what were you going to do with it anyway? How's how are you handling it working for you? Yeah. Come on. Right? It wouldn't be a burden if you could deal with it. It wouldn't be something that caused you to lose sleep at night if you could deal with it. It wouldn't be something that caused you fear if you could deal with it. It wouldn't be something you were afraid that was going to overtake you if you could deal with it. So how's that working for you anyway? You can't bear these things that we face in this life. Not even your own stuff on your own. We've all got to learn to give it all to Jesus. Notice that all. Give it all. Right? To Jesus. Everything. The good times, the bad times, the in-between times, the confusion, the disappointments, the, the heartache, the struggles, whatever. Give it all to Jesus. He's the only one who can do something with it. So, yeah. When, when, when David realized uh, where his help came from. Yeah. If there was any hope for the nations, that hope was in God. Don't you think about where we're living right now, right? Not just here in America, but in this world that we're living in. If there's any hope, I know we get all bent out of shape with the government, and we get all out of shape with, you know, politics and all these things, but you can't legislate changed hearts, right? You, you can't, even if there was a law, even if somehow you petition your congresswoman or your senator or whoever, you were able to petition them and say, right, in the law, that we have to love one another. Good luck. Okay, they get their little fancy pen out and they have a sign-in session. We're going to write into the, you know, to the Constitution today that we're going to, everybody's got to love each other. Good luck. You can't make those things happen. No man can make those things happen. It takes God. And so when you're all been out of shape about the way things are going, and I'm been out of shape right along with you, right? You got to make your petition known unto God. You have to take those things to God because they will lay you, this, this world you're living in, they some of us are struggling with fear right now. In this world, you know, we, we've said it. I know every generation preceding us has probably said it. You know, what is this world coming to? You know, should I go out in crowds? You know, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I let my kids go here? Should I? I mean, we're all trying to figure out because it's such, a, such crazy things happening now that you want to just kind of get yourself in your own little cocoon you know, and live in your own bubble, if you will, because things are so crazy. We're the people of God. We need to be in the midst of the crazy to a certain extent. You, you understand what I'm saying, right? I'm talking about, okay, we talk about being led by God. We need, we, if we all huddle up together somewhere and keep ourselves in this world, then how are they going to see the light? How, how are we going to be a witness? And so, so we can't live this life fearfully. In fact, David was another one. I'm using him as my example there. I haven't got my scriptures yet, but I'm using him as an example because David was great at this. You know, yes, he feared things, but he didn't let those fears stop him. Yeah. Yes, those, most of those psalms, they might have started out with a, when I call him being a whiny pot. They might have started out with, oh, Lord, help me, me. But by the time that psalm got over, most of them took a shift. 
right? You know, where he would, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. God is my help and my strength. God, David, he would turn that thing around, right? So he, he didn't stay down enough because he knew that his help came from the Lord. That that was the most powerful thing that he can do was to take those needs to the Lord. So it's not a passive thing prayer. It's not a passive thing to give it all to Jesus, right? It's the most effective thing you can do in this life because he's the only one that can do anything about most of the things that we are struggling with. It's going to take an actual move of God. It's going to take some divine intervention uh, for, for these things to come about. So when life became overwhelmed, David understood the source of his sanity. Life is crazy. You know, it might suffer from anxiety. Don't put a hand up. Where literally anxiety, you lay, your, you lay down at night and anxiety wants to overtake you. You're thinking about tomorrow. You're thinking about the future. You're thinking about your kids. You're thinking about how you're going to do this and how you're going to do You're thinking about how things are going, and anxiety wants to swell up. Let me, let me tell you who are not in relationship with God. I don't know how you do it. I, I have been in the Lord almost 27 years now. Right. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a cheerleader. I'm, I'm always the one that can encourage other people. I, I, I believe God with everything in me. I believe him. And yet anxiety wants to, you know, it, it just, when I, when I settle down and my mind comes, anxiety says, here I am. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? When, when, right, you know, some fear, some trouble, some something. And, and, and I have the spirit of God dwelling inside of me. I go through his word constantly. I'm bending God's ear off. Maybe not as much as David. But maybe so. You know, it's, it's easy to recognize things in other people. You know, but in yourself, you're kind of like, I'm not like that. But maybe I'm bending his ear off all the time, too. You know, but I can't imagine doing this without God. Because like David, all my hope is in him. All of my hope is in him. I can look back and I, can, I got a track record of where God has come through. Right? I got a testimony. Anybody got a testimony in here? When you thought things were going to take you out and God said otherwise, when you thought you were going to lose your mind and God said, I got you, right? You know what I mean? You, you know, I, I'm going to keep your standing. When you thought all was lost, when you thought you didn't know where your next dollar was going to be coming from, some of us in here got a track back where God just stepped in and said, I got you. So when I'm in those anxious places, when I'm in those fearful places, when I'm in those places of, oh my God, literally, you're like, this is crazy. I can look back to some prior crazy times. And I can say, oh, but he came through then. And he'll keep coming through for his people. That's a, that's a very important little, you know, statement. He'll keep coming through for his people. Some of you have been in the valley of decision for a long time. You haven't quite made your mind up whether you want to be in this covenant relationship with God. The promises are to his people. So you want to be assured of the blessings of God because whether God delivers in this life or the next, right? Things, you know, what scripture say? In this life, we'll have trouble. There's going to be some trouble in this life. We all, we all know that. But the promises of God, those promises, God promises to keep you here. God promises, you know, if all things kind of go rocky while you're here, he promises that I'm with you through it all. I don't know about you, but just the fact that he, even if I'm going in, if I'm in trouble, if I'm going through things, the fact that, that God is with me <sighs> makes it all better. But to be in trouble and, and God not be with me, that's a scary place. 
You know, I'm thinking of Psalm 51 when, when, when you know, this was apparently after David sinned with Bathsheba. And, and, and uh, you know, that Psalm 51 where David said, please don't take your spirit from me. You know I mean, he, he understood what, the necessity of having God with him. I can go through the ramifications of this sin. I can go through all these things as long as you're with me. But I need you with me. So if you're not in Christ this morning, if you haven't gone down in that beautiful name of Jesus, if you haven't repented of your sins, if you haven't allowed God to fill you, I encourage you this morning. There's safety in God. There's safety for those who dwell in God. Even when things are rough, there's safety in God's arms. You can give it all to Jesus. Right now, you don't have nowhere to take it. You know, I, I, I love to pray those uh, or preach those warm and fuzzy sermons, you know, where it's, oh. God is good, and he loves everybody, and oh, you know, the kind of thing. But I won't have you deceived this morning. He is good, and he does love everybody, but his promises are to his people. So you want those promises to apply to your life, you have to be his people. You know, the scripture says that it rains on the just and the unjust. Sometimes you think, okay, you know, well, hey, you know, terrible things haven't happened to me, and I'm not his people, so I'm going to be Okay. Well, you're kind of just getting the, the overflow. You're kind of just getting the, the rain that's meant for the, that's how I see it anyway. I mean, you know, that, that, that there, there will come a time where it's going to show, where you're going to need to be able to call him Abba Father, right? Where you're going to need to be, you know, and the time is now. The time is now for all of us. So the promises to his people. There's, there's protection in God. That's why David cried all the time, protect me, God. Keep me from, from evil people. Matter of fact, don't let me fall into hands of wicked men. I'd rather deal with your justice, God. Even if I need correction, I'd rather deal with you correcting me than to be left at the mercy of the hands of evil men. So David was on to something when he constantly cried out to God. Can nobody do us like Jesus? So David, you know, he come home from a battle or he come home from a defeat or he deal with something with his children. You know, even when Absalom was, was, was his own son was seeking his life. He didn't want anything bad to happen to his son. He cried out to God. Think about what's happening in your lives with your children. It's crazy. And that wasn't, again, that wasn't the only. David had issues with his other children. Some of these just kind of stand out more so than others. You know, we're facing lots of things in our lives. Our children running amok. You know, just like you can't legislate love, you can make your children love God. As a parent, that terrifies me. I wish I could make them love God. I wish I could make them know what I know after all these years. And, and so we have all these cares and we have all these issues, but David took them to the master because he realized I have to give all of this to Jesus. I have to give all of this to God. Otherwise, it's going to take me out. It's too much. Give it all to Jesus. And so I'll go to my first verse. Thing. I'll go, to, go to 1 Peter 5 and 7. You know, we, we, we have scripture for this concept, obviously, right? You know, First uh, Peter 5 and 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. God cares about every single person in this place. He knows. You ever been wanting man to understand you? You've been trying to express what you're going through, and you're trying to make a person understand what you're going through, and they just don't get it? That ain't Jesus. He understands it. He gets it. He gets you. He knows why. He knows what. He knows all. You know. You know. Sometimes we 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 all messed up, and we want to point our finger back to you know why we messed up and this kind of thing. And maybe we all sometimes, but he knows exactly why. He knows everything that's going on with you. He says, "Bring me those cares. 
because I care about you. You can't handle them. Bring them to me. You have a place to take your issues. You have a place to take your heartache. You have a place to take your disappointment. You have a place to take your dysfunctionality. You have a place to take your messed upness. You got a place to take your mental illness. You have a place to take it, which is, gee, you got to give it all to him. You got to give it all to him. You know, so often we're trying to figure things out outside of Jesus. You know, Jesus is this last resort. You know, I'm going to go here and I'm going to do this and I'm going to try to solve this problem all these different ways. And if that doesn't work, I'll take it to Jesus. I'm going to return to my earlier statement. How's that working for you? I believe in mental health care. I believe in going to doctors. I believe in, so I'm not saying that you put those things aside, but in conjunction with, take it to Jesus. He is the one who can keep you. Take all of those cares. You know, Philippians 4 and 6 says, don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, see, David already knew. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. Everything. Take it to God. God doesn't want you. He says, be not anxious. Anxiety messes us up, stresses us out, has us in a bad place. He said, don't be anxious. There's a place to bring those sorrows. There's a place to bring your, 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 your troubles. There's a place to bring it. Bring it to me. Don't be anxious about it. Because sometimes we don't know what to do with stuff. That's what makes us anxious. Because we don't know what to do. And he says, hello, I'm right here. Bring it to me. Bring it to me. Let me help you with that. Give it to me. You have a place to take it. You know, so often you hear people say, well, I, I just don't know what to go, where to go with this. Jesus says, bring it to me. You don't have to suffer with anxiety. You don't have to, 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 to bear this thing alone. Bring it to me. And see, sometimes we go, what do you mean bring it to me? Right. Bring it to me. Yes, it's prayer. Yes, it's, it's, it's direction. We ask God, because prayer is a two-way thing, right? You shouldn't be saying, oh, God, okay, um, help me with this, help me with this, help me with this. You know, just kind of leave it and just, you know, don't wait for it. Because God's help comes in lots of different ways. He gives direction. I mean, you haven't had direction from God. You were going through something you didn't really know what to do with it. But you took it to him. And he gave you something to do. And sometimes he does this thing. I call it a download. He downloads some peace. You're like, huh? You know, I was, I was, and maybe you didn't even realize it happened. Maybe it was something you were struggling with day after day and night after night. And this thing was just plaguing you. And you were all anxious and fearful about it. And one day you realize it just left. And you look back and you go, where did that go? It just left. Or should I say, it just lifted. And sometimes you realize it. You know, because he, he does a download. And you don't understand how did that happen. How was that thing that was plaguing me and driving me crazy? How did it just leave? Well, that's the peace that passes all understanding that God talks about in his word. Right? They give you peace that when you should be losing your mind, when you should, you know, when you should be stressed out on the floor, when you should be whatever. And God says, no, no, I'm going to give you peace in place of that. Some of you have been through things. You are indeed a living testimony unto God. Some of you have been through things that should have took you out. But here you stand. Right? Here you stand because God is your rock and God is your fortress. Right? And he's the one who lifts you up. He's the one that keeps you. And so you're a living testimony. Some of you can say, Sister Lil, I could have preached this message for you. 
you're preaching my life right here because I've already, some of you have already found the key to this. Some of you already know about how to, how to give it all to Jesus. And that's why you're standing. Yeah, that's why even though life is not hunky-dory, you got a praise on your lips and a dance in your feet and a shout, right? Because you, because you already understand that God is good in spite of. You know, what, what they say, it was a slang term. They say, praise him anywho, right? You know what I mean? Right. And, praise him in the middle of it. You know what I mean? Some of you have already understood David. Come on. We're talking about David here, for example. I'm using him as my sort of character study today. And David going through it, huh. What happened after the baby died with him and Bathsheba? Crazy, right? You just, you just, you just made this epic mistake, this failure, sinful thing. You just, you, you, you slept with a woman in adultery, you abused your power, you, you got this woman pregnant, and, you, and the baby died. And God is on your heels. Let's talk about that. Whew. You never want God on your heels. You know, staring you down, letting you know I saw what you did. See, you can get away with things with man, but you can't get away with things with God, right? That's another thing about the justice David was talking about. So even though the wicked, it might look like they're prospering, oh, that's just for a season. Notice it looks like they're prospering. But when it comes down to it, as my mama say, Jesus keeps the record, right? He keeps good books. So you ain't got to worry about whether the wicked are prospering or not, right? You just keep your eye on Jesus, right? You, you keep your thing straight because God takes care of it all. He, he really does. And so the, the baby dies, and David gets up, and he washes his face, and he anoints his head, and he, and he worships God. And people are like, has he lost his mind? No. He understood that the God is the God of mercy, right? That, that he can repent, and God will lift him up again. All was not lost. And so David, you know, so, so right in the middle of it, when the people thought this thing was going to lay David out, David knew the God that he served, and he got up and he worshiped got to move on. Some of us got to move on from some things. You're still beating yourself up about things God has already forgiven you for, right? It's time to worship. It's time to, it's time to take advantage of what God made available, which is repentance and restoration, right? If, if God wanted you to be condemned, he wouldn't have came and, and, and shed his blood for you. He didn't came to condemn, right? He came to say, he came to give us life and to give it more abundantly. So take advantage of what God made available. Who are you to judge you over him? Did you sin? Okay. Did you repent? All right, get up, brush your knees off, keep it moving, right? That's what God wants you to do. God wants a, a victorious people, right? He's, by the power of his blood, that blood that he shed at Calvary, you don't want that to be for nothing. You know that all God went through to bring you salvation? The humiliation, the beating, the, the bruising, the, 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 the being nailed to the cross, he went through great lengths that you can be free. Why be bound? And so this morning, if you haven't been washed in the blood, I think I, I, saw, I heard part of Brother Moss's message while I was away about that, what is the currency of the blood? When I was away, right? Blood was shed that you can be free. Right? You can put a slip on sin this morning. It, 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 it can't sustain the blood. You can go down in those waters and leave, those, and leave that, that sin right under the water and come up a new person in Christ. Not hard. You can give it all. That's a way of giving it all to Jesus. That's a way of surrender. When you realize that you can't do it, when you realize that you're not your own Savior, that there's salvation in no human being, when you realize that, that's a form of giving. Okay, I repent. 
I'm going to turn around from my sin. I'm going to turn to Jesus. I'm going to let God have my life. That's a way of giving it all to him. Some of you think you're going to wait until you get life right before you come to Christ or, or before you live for him fully. Because I'm looking around this sanctuary, and, and I, I know a lot because I know most of you people in here, right? And some of you, you know, I call it the long-term inconsistence. Oh, man, here I go with the pails, Steve. You know, you've been in like halfway for a long time. You know, so to speak. And you think, I won't live for him fully until. I don't know what the until is. You have to feel like that. I, I won't uh, fully follow until. Maybe you think, you know, until I get this sorted out or until I'm ready or whatever that means. But I'm telling you, you're never going to be ready. Because it takes God to get you ready. You know, 27 years ago, I came in with my raggedy self. And life was not all sorted out. It, in fact, it was a mess for a long time, even in Christ. Yeah, came in shacking. Huh? Can't beat that, can you, some of you? <laughs> yeah, came in shacking with my man. I shacked with my man for about a year. Filled with the Holy Ghost, washed by his blood. You say, how does that happen? I needed Jesus to help me out of that mess. I wasn't going to get out of that mess for myself, by myself. But I didn't say, oh, I'm going to wait until I got out, get out of this before I come to him. Because I didn't try to figure all that out because I couldn't figure all that out. I wouldn't have been in that mess in the first place if I could figure it all the way out. But I said, look, but Jesus said, come. Right? That's one of my verses. Come to me, all you are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Life was a mess in every way possible. I can't even share with you across this pulpit in all the ways life was a mess. But I, I couldn't figure it out. I didn't have power over the sin that I was dealing with. But I needed the blood of Jesus. I need the Spirit of God to help me through that. So I came with my raggedy self. And some of you came with your raggedy selves. And you just came as you were. That's what we talk about when we say come as you were. God don't want you to stay as you were. But he wants you to come as you were because he'll do the cleaning up. He'll do the polishing up. But it takes time. But you got to get in here. You got to get in here. You got to say, okay, I'm done. Life is a mess. I don't know how to figure this out. I don't know what these people are talking about. I'm not even sure. All these, all these questions that we have. All these things that you have that, that keep you from moving forward. Give it to Jesus. Do you believe that he died for your sins? Right? Do you know that that blood was shed for you? Do you know you live in foul? That you're not living in a way that pleases God? Okay, that's enough for you to repent. And get in this water and be baptized in Jesus' name and come up new. And ask God to fill you with the Spirit. You can even do that. The order doesn't matter, but I'm just, you know, rolling out to you there. Right? It's enough for you to say, okay, God is not expecting you to have it all figured out. That's why he came. To help you figure it all out. So there's no excuses for any of us not to be walking, not to take God up on the promises that he made available. Salvation is a process. I hate to tell you, if somebody told you that it was this one and done thing, I'll be gentle. That wasn't the truth. <laughs> it's not a one and done. Right? So that's a prior message, right? Those that endure to the end. It's a process. But you got to give it all to Jesus. You have to surrender. You have to say, okay, God, I can't do it. I'm going to trust you to help me work this thing out. And as you are, even right now, right now you're thinking, oh, she don't know what I got going on. She, 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 you know, you, everybody thinks that their sin is an exception. That what you have is something different. 
yeah, well, that might apply to this. And, oh, well, that might, you know, no, no exceptions. Jesus went to the cross for all sin, for all people. The most heinous of things he went to the cross for. So whatever it is that you are facing, that you're dealing with, that's got you, that's got you bound, that you want to come out of, he's already seen it. He already knows. You can give it all to him and trust him to work it out. He's a gracious God. You can give it all to him. Even after we, we come to Christ, for example, you know, anybody had a perfect life since they came to Christ? That means raise your hand. Not, that don't mean me. Because <laughs> that would be a not truth, right? You know, life has not been perfect. We, we all still would dip, we all still would uh, deal with temptations and trials and things that come our way. And, and, and uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. You think you got something unique? Not so much. Nothing is, is, that you're dealing with is, is not common to man. But God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptations, he will also provide a way of escape. So you, you think you're dealing with something that you can never overcome? God said, no. Even though you're tempted by that thing, even though that thing plays you, I will make a way of escape that you will be able to endure. God has all kinds. I mean, his plan is comprehensive. For whatever you're dealing with, he's got a solution. But you're never going to find it alone. That goes for you who have, again, I say not entered in a covenant relationship. You haven't, you haven't um, become a part of God's kingdom. It's not going to happen. You're not going to find salvation in any other way. Life is not going to get right. And those of us who have been in Christ for a while, and we're trying to figure things out, it's going to take God. But you have to give it all to him. You have to give it all to him. So those of you whose hopes have been dashed and you're dealing with disappointments and heartaches and anxieties and fears and confusion, give it all to Jesus. Because he and he alone can give you that peace that I talked about earlier that passes all understanding. Yeah, he can give you something beautiful out of something wretched. Think about your life. We've all been through some crazy things in life. But when God gives you a testimony, you know, I, I, I always, well, let me say, I came to hesitate telling the teens about my past because I'm kind of a funny person, you know, I'm humorous. And I thought, I wonder if they think that it wasn't as bad as it really was because of the way I presented. Did I, did I, did I, am I doing them a disservice when I tell them these stories? But I'm only laughing because, because I overcame those by the blood of the Lamb. Right? I'm only laughing right? Cause, cause, because many, many of my peers, many of those who I grew up with, they didn't make it out. Some of you think about your own life. They didn't make it out. Same situation. They didn't make it out. I don't know why. I did. But I'm not going to feel guilty about it. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, thank you. I, I don't know why. But see that, those horrible stories, those stories of, 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 of craziness, and they were craziness. Right? They now become a testimony. So he can take those broken pieces of your life. He can take those, those details that you wish nobody knew about. Right? He can take, and they can, you can turn around, he can turn around and make something beautiful out of those. There's hope in Christ. That's why you take it to him. He's the only one that can make something good out of something that was so bad. He can turn around and he can use your story to bring victory to somebody else's life. 
That's the reason I tell those stories. I tell those stories, A, to try to keep young folks from taking that same path in particular, right? Try to pre- help you prevent something. Do you have to, you have to hit all the, you know, the bad stuff yourself to, before you understand that it's bad? You know, sometimes people see how cleaned up you are now, and they say, oh, it couldn't possibly be as bad as she thought, because look at her now. Oh, that's a testimony to my Jesus, right? This, this, that's, that's nothing to do with me, right? And, and, and the same with you. You, you, just, you can't believe that it was really as bad as I told you it was because you see the, the transformed Leela. You see, you see what God has done. That's a testimony. And so when you give it all to Jesus, that's the kind of stuff he can do. Oh, you give it all to me? Let me make something. You know, I can see God, ching, 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 you know, his workshop. Let me make something beautiful out of this mess, you know what I mean, that I can present to the world and say, and, and I can get glory for this. Because we live and breathe to give. I don't know, I, I, I live and breathe to give God glory. So when I tell those stories, it's not to glorify the sin. It's really not to glorify the sin. The sin was ugly. The sin was destructive. It was literally trying to take me out. Same sin is trying to take you out. Maybe different sin you're dealing with, but it's trying to take me out. Oh, but my big bad Jesus stepped in and said, not this one. Right? I'm talking about then he can give you a story that you can tell someone. That they can go, oh, if he can do it for her, then maybe he can do it for me. Because God is no respecter of persons. That's why I tell those stories. So you got a you sordid story, give it to Jesus. Let him make something beautiful out of it. Right? He's the only one that can turn our situations around in lots of different ways. I don't know the way he works. Truly God works in mysterious ways. I, I can't tell you how many different ways. Some of us could, be, could have been facing the exact same thing, and he could have dealt with it 10 different ways. But you got to have that relationship with Jesus. You have to give it all to him. So I'll leave you with this one last verse. I alluded to it already from Matthew eleven twenty-eight, 28. When God says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You exhausted with all that's going on in this world? You exhausted with yourself? Come to God and he will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and I will give you rest for your souls. Basically, God is saying, give it all to me. Caleb, whoever the musician, give it all to me. Don't try to hold on to it. You're not going to have rest. I, the rest is in me. Give it to me. Bring all of it to me. God can handle it. It's even alluded to the whole, you know, pastoral team versus a single pastor. Not even a pastoral team can handle (laughs) the things that Jesus can handle. That's why he's the head. That's why he's the only one. He's the only one that we bring. David said that I, I bring my issues to you alone, God, because you're the only one who can handle them. This altar is open. You got some things you want to talk to Jesus about this morning? You got some things you want to give to him? Just come on up here and unload. Back up the truck and drop it on him. He can handle it. Give it all to Jesus. 
You've been trying to figure out how you're going to do things on your own, and you, and oh, I'm going to wait to get saved, as they say.